glad you guys are here today. And um, today's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good day. Um, I, um, I like Father's Day, because I like any holiday that's gonna get me a gift, you know what I'm saying? I like any holiday that's gonna get me a gift. And Hope walked, uh, Sailor walked up to me today, my youngest uh, twin, my, my twin daughter, she's three and a half, she goes, hey, we got you some gifts, don't worry about it. I'm like, that's my girl. You know, like she's letting me know it's okay, we're gonna make it. The day's not ruined. Uh, my mom sent me a text this morning at 5.30. I don't get up at 5.30, but I happen to be awake today at 5.30. Typically, I, I get up at six on Sundays, and I was like, I guess I'm supposed to be awake. And so um, I'm, glad, um, I'm glad you guys are here today. My dad sent me a happy Father's Day uh, text yesterday. I don't know if that was his way of reminding me, hey, don't forget about me tomorrow. Um, I don't know. Um, and so uh, he'll be here in second service. And so we're glad you guys are here today. We're, we're really, really glad you guys are here today. Um, we've been in a series called Different. We've been in a series called Different. And we just believe that if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we get to have different kind of relationships. We believe our finances can be different. We believe our friends can be different. We believe our life can be different. And so that's kind of what we've been unpacking over the last few weeks with, with, with the book of uh, Peter and um, First Peter. And we just believe that we can live lives that are different. And um, we, we believe that we can do that. We believe if, if you're in here today, you can be a different, you can be a different kind of dad than our, we see in, in our world or maybe mainstream world. Or we believe you can be a different kind of mom. You, believe, you can be a different kind of friend. We believe that we all can be, we all can be different. And, um, and, and I think for us in here today, if you're here today, you're in a good place because this is going to help you become, you can become different. I had the opportunity this week to have coffee with several, uh, several men in, in our church. And, and I love, love, love talking uh, with men because I believe, um, I believe men, we can, we can do a lot of good, and I believe we can do a lot of bad, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can do a lot of good, and we can do a lot of bad. And so I love, I love spending some time with, with these men. And, and basically what we talked about that whole entire time sitting with these couple of men that I was with is that we, we, we should look different. We ought to be, we have a shot at being different. And um, so I'm thankful, I'm thankful that we get to have a, a father in heaven who is different. Um, I saw my friend Elliot. I live in the same neighborhood as, as Elliot. And uh, the other day I'm, I'm, I'm driving in the car. And I'll be honest with you, when you're bald-headed, you notice other bald-headed dudes. I don't know if, that's, if that means something about me or what, but just when you're bald, you're like, yo, nice bald head. You know, I don't really know what it is. Like, you just notice, guys. And so as I was pulling out of the, out of the neighborhood the other day, I, I was driving up uh, to, the end of the, to the entrance, and I saw, I saw Elliot out there with his little daughter um, riding, riding the bicycle. And um, I just thought, man, that's, that's so cool. That's a, that's, a, that's, a different kind of, that's a different kind of dad. I know for me, I, I, my son, I, I just took me, it's taken me a long time to teach my seven-year-old how to ride a bike. My first kid had all the time in the world. Um, I, if, you, if you've been in our church long enough to know, um, I'm gonna preach a sermon to you today called a, a, different, a different Dad. A Different Dad. If you, if you wanna take notes today, write down the phrase, a different dad, or type in your phone, a, a different kind of dad. And um, I'm gonna help you uh, with that a little bit today. I saw my friend Frank here today from Okoe Taco Company uh, with his dad here today. And I'm, I'm glad that they're here today. Anytime a guy walks into church, with his dad, that excites me. My kids, I dragged them to church. That's the stage we're in. Maybe one day when I get older and they get older, maybe they'll take me to church. But I'm just glad to see dads and glad to see you here with your dad. And, um, but I, um, I, I have six siblings. You guys know that. They've been coming to our church for a while. And uh, my, my sister above me, she's 17 months older than I am. And, um, and, then, and then it's me. And then it's my sister, um, my sister Brooke, right, right after me. And She's about 30 or 31, and then I have a brother um, who's five years younger than I am, and, and then I have a, a, a brother who's 10 years younger than I am, and then I have a little sister who's 21, okay? And so I know those numbers are just all over the place, but um, Dad, good to have you on Father's Day. I'm glad you made it. Just whenever you want to get here, Dad, you just come whenever you want. You know, you, 
You birthed me, so you just show up whenever you want. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm, you didn't birth me. Mom birthed me, but you had played a part in it. But I'm glad you're here, nonetheless, um, without making that too awkward. I'm glad you're here. You're here. Hey, um, my dad is here. I, I was going to, I thought you were coming to second service, but I got you a gift, okay? And um, I was going to do this for you. I, um, my dad is like, um, my dad's dad um, was, was my poopaw, was my poopaw, you know? And I don't know if that was what, and when I'm, when, when that's your, when it's, whatever you call your grandpa, that's what you call your grandpa. So to this day, like, I don't know if like when I, when my, when I got that nickname poopaw, I don't know if that's what black people call their black grandparents, Poopaw. Like, I just don't know. I've never met a white grandpa named Poopaw. And so my, mine's Poopaw, but um, I, I've had this thing in, in my closet for a while. I'm like, I'm gonna give this to my dad on Father's Day. I've had it for probably, I, I got it actually last summer and I was gonna give it to, give it to my dad. Um, but my dad played baseball and my dad's dad uh, was, his, was his baseball coach. And um, I'm, I'm at a church across town and one lady came to me one day. She goes, hey, my, 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 uh, my husband played baseball with your dad. I'm like, really, that must have been like in the 40s or something. Like, how long ago did you, <laughs> do they have baseball back then, you know? And uh, he's like, no, he's like, my, my dad, he's, I got a picture with my husband. Um, I got a picture with my, with my husband, um, back then it was my husband, with, with your dad and his uncle and your uncle. And he goes, your, 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 your poopa, she didn't call him poopa, she goes, your grandpa was his, your grandpa was his, was, their, was the coach. And so um, I, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this to my dad. Like I'm just gonna give this to you, dad. If you want to see it later, I don't even know how long that's been. If you want to see what my dad looked like back in the '40s, um, <clears throat> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm taking it way too far. I don't know. That was like the '70s, maybe. Um, I don't know. But if you want to see what they looked like back in the day, um, you can see what my dad looked like back in the day. And he had an afro. I'm just gonna go ahead and put, point that out. And he had a brother. My mom, my my grandma had my dad in January, and had my uncle in November, same year. That's wife abuse, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you make your wife deliver two babies in the same year, that's, a, that's not good, you know? And so my uncle and him are on the same as that team. If you wanna see what, what, back a flashback, take a look at that. Um, but I, we had six siblings. My, my dad uh, is, um, my dad had nine. There's nine in their family. There's six in my family. And um, the younger two, um, Brittany and I and Brooke, eventually we got smart and we like, hey, let's start telling the other kids that they have a different dad. <laughs> that's wrong, right? Let's tell them that they have a, let's start telling them they have a different dad. So for a while, me and Brittany, she's not here today, I'm like, Brittany, let's just start telling them they have a, they have a different dad. And that's demoralizing when you're a little kid. You're like, you're not my dad, you know, like they're kind of having that moment. But I, I want to use that today to kind of, to kind of give you what I want to talk to you guys about today. I think if you're here today and, and I've talked to a handful of people that said, man, I, I didn't grow up with a dad. I don't, I don't have a dad. I had a mom and she played mom and she, and she played dad for me in my life and I didn't have that. But if you're here today, maybe you didn't grow up with a dad or maybe you grew up with, a, with an okay dad or a good dad, a good dad. But last year we talked about a perfect father for Father's Day. This year I want to talk to you about a different kind of dad. If you're here today and you have a relationship with Jesus, you have a different dad. You have, you have an earthly father, but you also have a different dad, and that's a, and that's a heavenly father. And as good as your dad may be here on this earth, or however you view your dad here on this earth, you're, you have a father up in heaven that sees you differently, and he's, called, he's done all these things for us, and he wants you to look at him differently. But here's the, here's the catch, and here's, here's such a problem with, with kind of this text today, or kind of the problem that we have with this, is that if we have an earthly father that maybe that, that, that's not like our heavenly father, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a tension that we live in because we think it's our, jo- it's our job as, as father, earthly fathers to point our sons and daughters to the, to, the, to the heavenly father. 
And if we do, dads, if we do, men in here today, or, or, or ladies and gentlemen, if you're here today and you don't show your parents what a loving parent looks like, then it's hard for them to grasp a loving parent, a, a loving a, a dad who lives in heaven or a perfect father who lives in heaven. Does that make sense? Are you, are you guys tracking with me? I'm, I'm gonna go somewhere today, I promise you. But we have these parents on earth and, and they're good and maybe they, they provide for you. And, and I, my, my dad, there were six of us and he provided well for us. And I, when I wanted the new cleats, he was like, yeah, yeah, you want the new cleats? Yeah, you need the new cleats? Yeah, yeah. He's like, come to work on Saturday. I got so excited. <laughs> I was at the Akoi Taco Company a few weeks ago and Frank's like, yeah, my son's gonna get his first car. So I'm like, man, awesome, what are you gonna get him? He's like, I'm not getting him anything. He's coming every single Saturday and he's working until he pays, until I think he's got enough money saved up or enough hours earned. He, I'm not buying anything. He's going to buy his own. He's going to buy the car. It, it, it's his job. But it's our job to teach our kids what a perfect father looks like, what our perfect heavenly father looks like, what our heavenly father looks like. It's our job to do that as a dad. And so as good as that may be on this earth, our father in heaven. And so here's the, here's the problem is that when we have a bad, um, a bad view of what a parent or a father looks like here on this earth, then we're confused about what God's supposed to look like. Well, I didn't grow up with a dad. Well, it'd be hard for you to know what a heavenly father is like if you didn't have a dad or someone to teach you what, is, what, our, what, our, what our spiritual father looks like. It, that, that can be confusing for us. Or I didn't have a dad. Who, my dad didn't point me to Jesus, Wes. It's gonna be hard for you to see the Jesus, that, we, that God, the father we talk about, that lives up in, that lives up in heaven. It's, it's gonna be, it's a, it's a confusing, it's a, it's a hard thing for us to understand. I talked to, to men and ladies alike and I started explaining to them, I was talking to a friend of, friend of ours the other day and I'm like, you know, uh, what, was, what was your dad like? She's like, I don't know, he left when I was like three. My parents got divorced when I was three. I never knew my dad. <clears throat> I said, so like, never, like you don't, no memories, no, zero memories. Well, it's hard if you don't have that, that father, it's hard to show them. My kids, you know, my whole entire life, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be, I wanted to be the hero. I want to be the hero in my kid's life. I've made a transition in the last six or seven years, and I, as the more I read this Bible, I don't want my kids to see me as the hero because when you, when you look at heroes and when you watch movies and, and Marvel movies and you saw these things, the heroes, they always win. The heroes, they're, they're perfect. They, they come out on top. Well, I, I don't, the Bible is very clear that, I, that I'm a sinner, that I'm, that I'm imperfect and I have all kinds of issues and baggage, and, and I, don't want, I don't want to be the hero. I'm trying to let my kids know that I'm gonna, I, I may mess up, and I'm, I'm superhuman, and, and, and Jesus is, is, is he's a superhero, and I want, my, I want to point my kids to, man, Jesus is perfect. Yeah, Jesus wouldn't say that. <laughs> Jesus wouldn't do that. I'm trying to be like him, but I want, you, I want my kids, and I want, I want Judah, and I want Tripp to know that, that Jesus is the hero, that they have a different father, while I want to do my best while I'm here on this earth, I want to point them to Jesus, but I, I want to point them that way. One day when I'm gone, they know that they always have a father who's a different father. They have a perfect father who lives up in heaven. So we've been studying in First Peter. Um, we've been studying the book of First Peter. We're going to go to first. Um, we're going to go to chapter two in just a moment. But week one, we looked at this. Problems are part of the process. Problems are a part of the process, but your problems aren't permanent. Problems are a part of the process, but problems, they are not perfect. They will not last forever. I walked into a restaurant this week to pay one of our vendors, and the lady said to me, I said, if you ever need anybody, in your, anybody you work with or any of your people that work with you, if they need any encouragement or prayer or they need some counseling, I said, man, send them my way. I'd love to talk with them. She's like, oh, let me introduce you to this lady. She walks me over to her GM. She goes, she needs help. And I was like, that's rude and judgmental. Like, that's, that's both of those, rude and judgmental. That's a terrible pair. Like, that's not, that isn't a compliment, you know? Like, and I'm thinking like that, and I was like, hey, I don't, she walks in, I was like, hey, I don't know what just happened. I said, I like awkward situations, but this is mad awkward. I said, I don't know if you really need help or if you really need encouragement. I said, but if you do, I'll, I'll sit right down right here right now in this restaurant, and I'll talk to you. I said, but I don't know 
what that, if that was a real thing or not. And she goes, no, she goes, I really do have, I have would you mind? And I sat down with her and I began to talk to her and I've just been talking about her problems. And she said, you know what? She's like, I've, I've tried to take my life three times. She began to explain to me some dynamics in her life. And I'm just sitting there thinking, <clears throat> you're, you're here. How many kids do you have? Three kids. I said, you got three good reasons why you're supposed to keep on going. I said, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I believe in Jesus. I said, I said how's your relationship with him? He said, we haven't talked in a long time. I said, well, he's, really, he's waiting to talk to you again. But I want to convince to her and I commit to you, communicate to you that problems are, are part of the process. Problems aren't per- problems. Your problems, they're, they're, they're not permanent. And then last we looked at this, that, that when we have these problems, that really Jesus is trying to lead us to holiness. He's trying to lead us to holiness. And we looked at week two, we looked at this. Holiness leads us to happiness. People looking for happiness in a lot of different things, and they're not finding it. You can't find it in whatever it is that we're looking for, whether it's money or whether it's things or whatever it is, even relationship only, we're not going to find holiness or happiness. And the only way for us to find happiness is for us to find out who we're supposed to be in Christ, which is holiness. Jesus says, I want you to be holy, Wes, because I'm holy. And he goes, the holiness leads us to holiness. <clears throat> and then uh, we also look at this holiness, it comes from the Holy Spirit. So if you're here thinking, I can't become holy, I wasn't here last week. You know, a lot of times in churches, and I talk to a lot of people like, hey, you say that. That sounds really, really good, but how do you do that? It's the Holy Spirit that saves you. It's also the Holy Spirit that makes you holy. It's the Holy Spirit that makes you, it's, that makes you holy. And so um, <clears throat> today I want to keep on going through First, uh, First Peter. If you have a Bible, flip over to chapter 2 or click over to chapter 2. If you don't, you can look on the screen right behind me. Um, First Peter chapter 2, the Bible says this. So get rid of all the evil behavior. <laughs> It's easy to say when you're Jesus, like you never sin. Like it's easy to get rid of all the evil behavior because you have none, Jesus. He's like, hey, get rid of all the evil behavior and um, be done with all the deceit. Get rid of that kind of stuff. That's not gonna help you. And this is such a practical book. Like quit, quit lying to yourself. Quit lying to people. That's, that's not gonna get you anywhere. The hypocrisy, that's not gonna, not, that's not gonna help you anyway. It's not gonna be good for you. I was telling uh, my friend Jamie this week that I grew up in a very judgmental church. And when you're judgmental, you also judge, being judgmental, it, it also breeds hypocrisy. Because when you're judgmental, you're like, oh man, I'm better than them. And you have to convince yourself that you're really better than them. But when you read the Bible, the Bible says that there's, there's none good, no, not one. I saw something so powerful this week. That I, was, I went to camp with our students on Thursday. And Jesus, when, he, when God, when he created the, the heavens and the earth, he created everything. Create it, man, that's good. Man, those, those animals, that's good. The water, you got, that's where Jocko got that from. The water, that's good. The moon, the stars, that's good. But when God says, oh man, I'm gonna, night and day, that's good. All, I mean, he's, man, this is good, affirming it, heaven, that's good. And then he gets to man, he goes, he makes man, and he goes, not good, not good. That verse is also repeated again in the New Testament. It's not really, but it's there and again. But there's a young man that runs up to Jesus and says, Jesus, how can I, have a, how can I be better? How can I have a different life? And, and he goes, and he, and he says, and he, the, the guy runs up and he says, good master. And Jesus says, there's, there's no man who's good. There's no man who's good. And we're, we're, all, we're, on evil play, we're all on equal playing ground. None of us have arrived. None of us, none of us are good. But he says here, so I grew up in this church where I had to pretend like I was good when I wasn't good. And when I was good, I could be good. And I had, a, my dad would tell you very clearly, I had, I had a, my mom and dad would tell you, like I used to, my parents would punish, my dad would punish me. I don't want to throw my mom under the bus. My dad would, my punishment was not going to church. That's savage. When your parents don't let you go to church, I hated my dad for that. I mean, I was mad at my dad for that. But you know what I realized? What he was communicating to me now that I'm older, I realized my dad was trying to tell me, you, Wes, you have a church life. They love you at church. And then you have a home life and then you have a school life. And my dad didn't want to breed hypocrisy. 
He didn't want me to be a hypocrite. He was like, you're being, he's like, you don't act this way at church. So apparently there's a, there's a, there's a disconnect. I was talking to my friend Jerry this week. He builds lasers. I was like, what do you do? He's like, I build lasers. Like, that's awesome. That's cool. Awesome. I can barely spell laser, but you're building them. I said, when a laser goes bad, what do you do? Because I usually know, I could usually, I can go backwards. I was talking to Jamie this week about building. If when something goes wrong in a building, I always go back to the master plan and I can tell where it gets off. He says here, I was telling, I was telling these guys, like, when you get to that place in life, you can, it's easy to build, it's easy to build hypocrisy. It's easy to again to think that you have it all together and that you, you, you never mess up, but you, you build that, you build that hypocrisy. My dad was like, you're not gonna live separate lives. You're gonna have one life. You're gonna be the same way you are at church, same way you're at school, the same way you're at the ball field. You're gonna be one person and you're not gonna get to be all these people. You're not. And so whatever your best you, if your best you is at church, I'm gonna reel that in until you can start being consistent. Did I learn the lesson? It took me a long time, but I, you know, I'm a slow learner. It all started clicking when I was 25. Moms and dads, if your kids aren't on the right track, just hang in there until they're 25. They may get it then, but they may not. It may take them longer, you know what I'm saying? Some of you guys are like 25, 25, 25. That's the secret number. Um, I don't know. Hopefully your kid gets it sooner than that. I'm a slow learner. Most guys are. What? Um, so you guys get rid of the hypocrisy, get rid of the jealousy, get rid of all the kind speech. Like a newborn baby, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of your salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. He says, hey, you gotta keep on growing. You gotta get rid of that stuff. You were a kid. You gotta begin to grow and grow and grow and grow. And it go, you want, you got, at some point, you should have a desire to wanna get in this word. You should get in this desire to wanna, uh, to, to wanna grow in your faith. I was talking to a friend of mine. He goes, I left last week. I started to get rid of some of the bad music. He happened to say that bad music was country music. I agreed. But he goes, I, I got rid of it. I started putting some positive music in. I didn't say it, he did, don't be mad at me. But I started putting some of the, he goes, I started putting some of that, those, that, that Christian music stuff you're talking about. He goes, I started putting some of that stuff inside of me. He goes, you should start craving, uh, Peter said, you should start craving some spiritual, you should start craving some, some, some growth. We, you know, we, we love grace. He goes, but at some point you should start craving some truth. Some truth, that truth is gonna build your, your foundations. And then he goes, he goes super, um, he goes, he takes us to a, a construction site, if you will, Peter does. He says here in verse three, now that you had a taste of the Lord's kindness, he goes, you guys experienced salvation and grace. He goes, but man, you gotta keep on craving after that. Keep on, like, keep on, like, just whatever you can, keep on craving after Jesus. And then he takes us to the work site, which I don't know a lot about. Verse four, he says this. You're coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. I think Jesus put some stuff in there about the cornerstone and rocks for all the manly men, like, like he's like, hey, I'm gonna make sure when guys are in church and that pastor's up there and he's maybe not making a connection, he's gonna take him, he's gonna tap in to the inner construction man, the desire to wanna build. I don't have that desire, but the average guy I think has that desire. I go into Lowe's and I'm like, this is awesome, but sometimes I just find myself in the lighting section. <laughs> And I know I shouldn't be there. Like, I should be like in the lumber section, you know, like looking for like some, like I'm just, like I'm, in, I'm, look, I'm going there for all the wrong things. You know, like I should be like trying to like build stuff and buy power tools, but I'm like, look at that light fixture. <laughs> you know, like we need that fan in our house. He says, hey, he goes, he takes us to the work site. And he says here, he goes, you're coming to Christ and Christ is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. I wrote down in my notes, it's not in there for you, but Jesus was rejected so that we could be accepted. Jesus was rejected so that you and I 
could be accepted. He was also rejected so you and I can have an identity. He starts to unpack that identity. His rejection gives us an identity. I'm so thankful for that. Because without my identity, I'm trying to be everybody that I'm not. I'm wearing all these different masks. I'm wearing a mask at home. I'm wearing a mask at church. I'm wearing a mask at school. I'm wearing a mask on the sports field. I'm trying, I don't know who I am. And then sometimes I go to certain places and I'm wearing the wrong stinking mask. And so I'm so thankful because of Jesus' rejection, I actually have an identity. I get to know, who I, I get to know more about who I'm supposed to be. And so we keep on reading there. And he says here in verse, uh, verse 5, he goes, and you are living stones. He goes, I'm the, he goes, I was rejected. He goes, you're now living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. The church is not 100 Windermere Road. You and I are the church. He goes, hey, I'm the cornerstone. I'm the chief builder. He goes, and I'm taking you guys, you, you bumpy stones, you jagged stones, and I'm gonna make you guys more like me. I'm so thankful for that. His rejection gives us an identity. It gives us acceptance. And here's what he says. He says, what's more, verse five, you are, you are his holy priest. Through the, med- through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never, ever be disgraced. He goes, hey, you need me. I'm building this thing, and you want to go with me. I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, man, I'm biased, but I like my church. <laughs> I think that's healthy. You know, like, you want the, pa- the church you go to, you want the pastor to like the church. I said, I'm biased, but you need to come with us. I said, and, and she's like, where are y'all going? I said, she's like, what if I, she goes, I haven't trusted somebody in so long. I said, there's something about getting in a pack of people and just going in the right direction. Just getting in there and rubbing elbows, and you don't have to talk to everyone, you don't have to know all their stories, but just getting in this environment and going in that direction is gonna be beneficial to you. You wanna get in that with us. And he says here, I'm taking you guys and I'm building something incredible. God is building the kingdom of God and he's gonna use all of us to do it. And I'm so thankful for that. I get to be a part of that. Are you kidding me? Josh leads our, our dream, a lot of our dream team and every morning he stands up there in that front lobby and we pray for you guys and we pray for all the leaders and we, pr- we pray for what's gonna happen throughout the day. And Josh always says, we get to do this. That is humbling, it's scary, but God allows us to do all this. I was telling Josh, we drove to camp this past week. I'm like, man, two and a half years. I said, sometimes I, I'm, I get overwhelmed by the people that would desire to want to be a part of this with us. I get overwhelmed by that. Imperfect people leading, imper- leading other imperfect people. That's just a, it's just weird. That's how God, well, I guess that's how God does it. He says here, let's keep on reading. He goes, verse seven, he goes, yes, you who trust in him recognize the honor God has given him, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. He goes, you guys, you guys rejected Jesus, but he's, a big, he's the cornerstone. And he's building this temple. He's building this kingdom around him. Verse 8 says, um, verse 8, he, he transitions a little bit. He goes, and he's the stone that makes people stumble and the rock that makes them fail. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet, so they meet the fate that was planned for them. He goes, hey, God's got a plan for your lives. I was talking to my friend, my friend this weekend, he goes, how do you know God has a plan for life? I'm like, he does. <laughs> the Bible says so. And he's like, that's great if you're a Christian. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. And I have a, I'm like, I know. And I'm like, I'm stomped. <laughs> like, what do you say next, you know? And I'm like, you just gotta go with it. What do you do when you wanna quit? I was telling him, when you, when you wanna quit, you just gotta, you just gotta show up and go through the motions until it picks up again. 
I was talking to uh, my, my uh, Derek has a roofing company. I was talking to his dad the other day, and they, they own a roofing company, and it's everything from, from start to finish, and they have their own, their own, their own dumps. And he was explain, the dad was explaining to me this week that these dumpsters that these guys drive, they're loaded with thousands of pounds of weight. But when you start driving these things, that every time you drive one of those things, at some point, a guy who's driving the trailer is going to be getting, is going to be going so fast that it actually begins to push the truck. And I said, what do you tell these guys when you train them? He goes, I tell them the way to fix that. When the trailer's pushing you and it's jumping back and forth, some of you guys know this, then you, uh, Eli, uh, Elliot, he, he moves uh, uh, Papa John's material. When it starts pushing you, you actually speed the truck up. So as the trailer's bouncing around, you don't hit the brakes because it gets ugly when you hit the brakes. You actually got to push the gas and it begins to straighten the trailer out because the truck begins to go faster than the trailer and it straightens it out. You got to get it in this thing where you're like, man, Wes, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I believe all this stuff. You just got to get in it, get in the pack with everybody else, and this thing's going to straighten out for you. And eventually you're going to say, man, there's something different about them and I'm just gonna go be a part of it and it's gonna rub off on it. And then you're gonna start seeing God do things in their life and God start doing things in their life and you'll start saying, man, maybe God is real. And the only way I can see that God is real is because I see what God's doing in their life because I can't see God and I've been trying to hear him and I can't hear him. But if you start getting around other people, you'll start seeing that God's doing stuff in their life and you're like, man, I'm just gonna go be around that. I'm just gonna go be around it and see what happens. I, said, I, I use this phrase, we like, just be around people who are following Jesus and let the chips fall where they may. Your faith will catch up to you. Your faith will catch up to you. I've, I've heard this saying so many times that so many people, they miss Jesus by 21 inches. It's the distance from your, from your head to your heart. We can start trying to think about it. I've learned this recently in my faith journey. Like, I don't want a God who I can figure all the way out because then it wouldn't be God. I don't want to figure it all out. I want to know that I don't have it all figured out and I want to rely on my faith. Like, Wes, well, that makes you weak. It actually makes you stronger because one of the hardest things for any of us in here to do in here today, 100% of us in here today, the hardest thing for us to do is let go of control. We love control, not your head. We love control. If you're married, one of you guys love control. Diana's outside right now. I can see her. She sent the Krispy Kreme. She loves control. <laughs> I'm like, you can have it, girl. Like, I don't even want to make it. Once church over, I don't want to make a decision. She'll look at me. She'll go, what do you want for lunch? I'm like, you, do you want to fight? Like, I don't want to argue. Just pick. I don't want to make any. When church ends, I don't want to make any decisions. I just want to be happy. I don't want to be right. I want to be happy. <laughs> just where do you want to go, hon? It's Father's Day. Babe. Every day is Father's Day. Where do you want to go? It's the kind of stuff I say. You just got to say that kind of stuff until it catches up. You know what I'm saying? He says here, he, we get in this pastor, he's like, hey, some of you guys are falling, you're messing up, and you're kind of going back and forth because you're not trusting God's word. Verse 9 says this, but um, you're not like those people. You're a chosen people. Remember that our context, these guys are scattered. They're running for their lives. Their moms and dads are being stuck on skewers. They're being dipped in wax, and Nero, who's in charge, is using them as candles. Like, these guys are terrified for their faith. Nero is a bad dude. He says here in this passage of Scripture, he goes, man, you guys are tripping up. He goes, but you guys, verse 8, he goes, they stumble. Uh, verse 9, you're not like those people. You're chosen. You're, you're, you're now the royal priest, a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. 
He's talking to you guys, to Hope Church. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful life. I don't know about you guys in your day, but I'm so glad that God called me out of darkness. It's my natural habitat. All of us in here, our natural habitat is darkness. But Jesus said, I'm going to pull you out of that. And I'm going to pull you into the marvelous light. Matt Redman wrote a song called, the, the, he's, the words say, into marvelous light I'm running. I'm so, I love that. I'm glad we get to run to the marvelous light that Jesus is. Once you had no identity, I'm not making this stuff up. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you're God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you receive God's mercy. Guys, I, it, takes, it takes faith to follow Jesus. I know that. But there's an element of common sense to it. It's more simple. It is more simple than, than it's more simple than, than people make it. It's hard to process because you and I, our human minds, are thinking, well, I'm not perfect. I don't say the right things. I do bad stuff. And this guy who I've never seen before down the cross from my sins, and there's no strings attached. And that bothers you because you wouldn't do that. And the reason why you wouldn't do it is because you're not God. That's just a logical, that's just following a logical path. And so you automatically begin to think and you overthink and you overthink and it leads you further away from Jesus. Instead of saying, I'm gonna get in this thing. I'm gonna be one of the stones. I'm gonna roll with all the other stones. There's black and yellow and brown stones in that church. There's like addicted stones in that church. There's least addicted in that church. There's screwed up. There's people who think they're not screwed up. There's judgmental people in there. There's non-judgmental people and someone on that spectrum of judgmental. And we begin to overthink all those things. Well, I don't belong there. Well, hey, you know what? It's good news if you feel like that. No one belongs here. Only way that we all got here is because of the grace of Jesus. So I wrote down a couple of pairs of things that I think maybe you could take with you today. Um, <clears throat> a different father chooses his children, but a different father also develops his children. Maybe you're okay with the God choosing you, and maybe you're in here today and you've got to get okay with God developing you. You wouldn't have liked me when I was 17. I didn't like me when I was 17. I had split identities. I'm a perfect example. It's easy for me to get up here. People, like one of my friends said to me, man, you make it seem so simple. I said, I'm really just, I'm really just telling, I'm really just struggling with the Bible out loud. Like, when I read this stuff, I circle it in my Bible and I said, I, I, this is the kind of stuff I do. I hate that verse when I'm reading it. Like you're not, my parents taught me not to hate. I shouldn't say, but I'm like, I hate that first. Last week, be holy because, be holy because Jesus is holy. I hate that. Because like how in the world is jacked up, screwed up West Beach, I'm gonna be holy. And then the more I read it and Jesus is like, I hate that verse, but like God's like, here's some hope. I'm actually gonna be, I'm gonna do all the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. I'm like, Whew. and I read again and I'm like, hey, you were, you, you didn't have an identity. And then I'm like, dang it. And I keep reading Jesus like, but I gave you one. Wes, you were rejected. I told you guys, I understand rejection. Growing up in a home where your dad's black and your mom is white, it's weird. If I went to, the, if I went to Edenville, it was where my dad was growing up, I was too white to play basketball with the black guys. But if I went around white people, 
I was too black to fit in with them too. And so I, I struggled with that my whole life. I didn't realize until I got older. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out who I'm supposed to be. Like, do you know how weird it is? If you're, if you're, if you're um, and I'm thankful for it now because now I've, I've used it. I've figured out who I was in Christ and it's made me better. And I can relate with a lot of people being a mutt. Like it's just, you can relate with a lot of people when you're, that's when you're at. Um, but I realized, I realized who my identity was. I realized who my identity was. It wasn't in that. It's not in the color of a skin. In that picture I gave my dad, there's two, there's two black guys in that picture and it's all white guys. And you know what I realized? If I, if there, there was a chance, you know, because I can, a lot of times, I mean, I don't, I, don't see, I, don't, I don't see color, but a lot, of, a lot of times when I see people, I don't see, there's some things I don't have that maybe you would have. I don't see, I see it differently. I see things, some, some things differently. My, the colors that I see are different. I was on a flight simulator with Fraley a few weeks ago and he doesn't see, he's colorblind. There's a couple colors he doesn't see. And like, there's some things I just, I don't see. <clears throat> but I realize in here today that maybe you're in here, you, maybe you struggle with rejection. Maybe you struggle with that. But Jesus says, I've accepted you. So um, a different father chooses his children, but a different father also develops his children. Maybe you didn't get developed. By your, by your he- earthly father, but there's a, there's a heavenly father who wants to develop you. He wants to develop you. He just does. You know, when you, when, you get, when you get spanked growing up your whole entire life, like I tell you all the time, I got, there was two days a year I didn't get spanked. My birthday and Christmas. <laughs> I'm, you're not thankful for spankings when you get them. You're not. But now I'm thankful for corporal punishment because it shaped me. It helped me get to where I'm, where I'm at. You don't appreciate that when you're a little kid. When you get older, I'm, I'm glad. I'm thankful. It helped me get to where I'm at today. And my parents developed me in a lot of things. But I'm so thankful for a spiritual father, a heavenly father who says, Wes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you deal with some things that deep down inside, I'm gonna help, to, I'm gonna, I've chosen you, Wes, to be one of the stones in the kingdom of God, and I'm also gonna develop you um, can I, let me give you two more, one more pair of things. Um, it's a different father shows his children who they are. And also a different father shows his children where to go. A different father shows his children who they are. And a different kind of father shows his children where to go. And what I would tell you today, I've said this in several environments today, if you don't figure out where you are with God, you'll never figure out who you're supposed to be. And if you don't figure out who you're supposed to be, you'll never figure out who you're supposed to be with other people. If you don't figure out who you are with God, it's gonna be very hard for you to figure out who you're supposed to be. And it's gonna be, in every relationship you get into is gonna be chaotic because you're imperfect and you're not okay with you because you're not okay with God. That to me is common sense. And maybe to you it sounds like that's faith and Jesus talk. And it really doesn't matter how, whatever you wanna attach it to, 
That part doesn't bother me. But you got to attach it to something. I attach it to this book. I just believe that. I'd be walking in circles my whole entire life. If you've ever flown before, the worst thing to do, second worst thing to do, the worst thing to do is, is sitting on the tarmac. That's the worst thing to do for a long period of time. The second thing is being a holding pattern. The third thing is to be on an airplane flying on a missions trip, 20 hours of traveling, and someone spraying them, their body in all kinds of s- s- flavors and going into an asthma and going into an allergic reaction, that's the third worst thing. None of us can relate with that, can, but Alma can. If you want to hear about it, ask right afterwards. That's that probably that may be high up there. When you can't breathe and they have to inject you with Benadryl, that probably is miserable. But a holding nonetheless, a holding pattern stinks. <laughs> Doesn't matter what order you put them in, those are three terrible things. What I wanted to say about all that is this. A lot, of us in, a lot of us in life, we go through life and we're, we never ever get it because we, we forget that there's a cornerstone that's building you and we never ever go to it and sit at it and grow from it. We never do that. And so we go through life a thousand miles an hour and trying to figure it out and trying to read magazines and trying to watch a lot of good TV shows that probably I like and trying to get ideas from it. And we make, we make up our own, we make up our own, basically our own cocktail of how to become something. And all along we could have went back to who God says I am so I can know who I'm supposed to be so then I can treat other people right. Diane and I don't have a perfect marriage, but we know who we're supposed to be and we work on who we're, we know who we are with, who we are with God and we try really hard at making ourselves right that way when we get in the same room together, we don't kill each other. That's a good process. That's just kind of, we live that life every single day. And whenever we get in a crazy cycle, any of you guys that have been in our marriage coaching, when we get in the crazy cycle, then we just go back to here and check on this. And if that's not good, then we both go back and we check on this piece. And then we move back along and then we usually get back in the crazy cycle and then we just go backwards and it's just a vicious cycle. You gotta know that you have a different father. You gotta know that you have a different father. And he's and he and he and he he knows who you are. He wants to help you know who you are. And he wants to help you, he wants to help you know where to go and know how to live life. He wants to help you with that. Um, I'm done. I love you guys. I'm thankful for this book. I'm thankful for an earthly father on this earth and parents who love me and care for me. I'm thankful for that. But as much as I'm thankful for that, I'm thankful that I get to be a father. But out of all those things, I'm so much thankful that I have a perfect father that compares to any father ever that ever walked this earth. And wherever you sit at in your life, wherever you're at in life, there's a different father who loves you and he cares for you. And he was rejected so that you can be accepted. He was rejected so you can have identity. He was rejected so you can know where to go. He's rejected so you can know who to be. He was rejected so you could be his child. He chose you. You don't have to choose. Some guys say, man, I'm just trying to figure out where God is. I'm like, you know what? The good news is that Jesus found you. <laughs> when you can't find him, he finds us. I'm so thankful for that. He chooses us and I'm thankful for a father who develops me. I'm, I'm thankful for a father who develops me. And the development, if you're here today thinking, oh, he, he's got it together, or maybe I don't have it together, 
the development doesn't end until you're in eternity. And I hate that with you, but I'm thankful for the development. I'm thankful for development. There's a guy in the front lobby that I was talking with today, and he said, um, if it wasn't for my wife. So I looked at him, I said, you got saved twice, didn't you? And he was like, I thought you only had to get saved once by Jesus. And I said, your wife saved you once. (laughs) And then Jesus saved you also, didn't he? He goes, dude, if it wasn't for my wife, he said said to me in the lobby, he goes, if it wasn't for my wife, I'd be in prison today. And I said, you better stay on the straight and narrow because it's not too late, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) We gotta know who we're supposed to be. We gotta know who we're supposed to be and we'll never figure that unless we have a relationship with Jesus.